You're listening to the CMB Podcast, session number 40. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Christian Music Blog Podcast. My name is Nate Fancher, the host of this podcast. It's a podcast that seeks to serve artists, songwriters, music makers of all kinds in their journey of music making through eyes of faith. Here at ChristianMusicBlog.com, we cover a wide variety of subjects that matter to you if you're a Christian musician and if you're looking to grow, if you're looking to develop in your artistic craft as a musician, as well as uh, deepen your understanding of what the Bible has to say about music making, about music in general, I invite you to join us here at CMB. We're all on this journey together, and um, even those of us who have um, more experience, those of us who are more ahead of us, uh, they're on the same journey, so no one has arrived at some perfected place. Uh, we all have something to learn. So if it's your first time listening to this podcast, I invite you to check out christianmusicblog.com slash gift, and uh, you'll get a gift that I have to you just to say thanks for checking out CMB today. So go check that out again. That's christianmusicblog.com slash gift. So we are in part two of a new series. Um, as we wrap up this year, as we wrap up 2013, I'm um, seeking to end the year with some practical episodes that provide you with some tips, some tactics, some ideas that you can take into your new year. And uh, I believe you'll see immediate results. And 2014 can be a fantastic year for you, a, a great year, your best year ever. Um, as a musician. So for the next couple of weeks, um, next three weeks, including today, each episode will be just you and me and something that you can take and apply right away. So I'm really learning a lot about taking action these days. Um, In fact, uh, just a little personal story. Um, This morning, um, I I learned a very valuable lesson um, with regard to taking action, being a doer and not just a talker. so the backstory goes like this. My parents, uh, for my birthday, got me a, um, a CrossFit. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with CrossFit or not. CrossFit is a very highly intensive um, sport. It's not even really a workout plan. It's a sport, really. Um, my parents got me a two-month um, membership to a CrossFit gym here in Greensboro. And um, this was for my birthday back in September. And uh, for weeks, I was putting it off. I... Ended up, at some point, I, I just knew I needed to go by and just check it out and see what it was all about and what it was like. I mean, my, it was free for me. It was a gift, so there was nothing to lose, right? And, um, you know, what I knew about CrossFit, it was intense. And so, it was a gift for me, so I wasn't, like, super motivated. I didn't purchase this. I didn't, I wasn't thinking or setting any goals with this, re, you know, with regard to um, learning how CrossFit works and becoming a CrossFit athlete. But, um I wanted to check it out because I, you know, I, I've known in my mind that it would be good for me. So good for my health, good for my physical fitness and, and good for my just, just overcoming obstacles. So anyway, so I went and checked it out, met the owner, really nice guy. Um, this was probably in November and, um, just, uh, was really excited at that point after I met him and saw the gym and I thought, this, this could be cool. This is going to be a real challenge. It's going to be great. And so, but I was going out of town and I told him, I was like, well, I, you know, I'm going out of town, but when I come back, I'll do it before the expiration date. So, you know, it was a living social 
coupon and those things have an expiration date when you know when you have to use them by anyway get back in town and days are going by and I'm like I got to get over there and do this and um, the expiration date was yesterday December the 12th and uh, and I was and I just didn't go by there I, I called his phone I wasn't sure what to do how to redeem this coupon and um, I was thinking maybe you know if I went by there today then they could um, maybe give me some grace you know just since it's a day late you know and they can take the the payment since it's already expired yesterday um, I'll be honest when I was on my way over there I was a little nervous because you know having talked with the guy before I could tell he was pretty serious about this CrossFit thing. He's the coach uh, for the CrossFit gym. He's the owner of the business itself. And, um, I mean, he's a nice person, really down-to-earth, really cool, soft-spoken person, but he's serious about it. And one of the things he told me when we met that first time is that, um, you know, he's not afraid of confrontation. And when there are people in his gym or, or, or in the classes that just aren't doing their job or if they're showing up late to classes or doing things that just, aren't beneficial to the other members, he he tells them and he has at times just told people, hey, this isn't a good fit. You need to go somewhere else. And he's and he's kicked people out. And um, so I knew he was a hardcore guy, you know. And so on, on my way over there this morning, I was a little bit nervous, you know, wondering what he might say because, you know, he'd be honest with me. Well, I get there and um, there's a few guys hanging out. They had just finished a class, but um, walk in and it took him a while to remember who I was, but then he remembered. It's like, oh yeah, you know, we talked and, and I was like, hey, I got this living social thing. Do you do you think you could still take it? You know, I know it's just one day late. And he's like, I, I can't do anything about it. Um, it. I can't do anything about it. You know, uh, living social will, they, it won't even work because there's a deadline and that thing doesn't work. And um, I was like, oh man, really? And we tried to talk about living social and how, if there might be a way I can get a credit back and and work out a way to still get the same discount. But um, I could tell he, he was like not wanting to even figure that out because there was no way to do it, I guess. But, you know, as that wrapped up, he was like, well, let me tell you something. If I were your coach, here's what I would say to you. <laughs> and he was just, he shot really straight with me. And um, he basically said, here you came in a few weeks ago, and we actually had a long talk that first time. Um, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of an excitable person. I'm a talker. I, when I get going, I, I, I enjoy meeting new people and just asking them questions about who they are, what they do, and all that. And so we I don't know how, how long I was there that first time. Maybe our conversation was 30 minutes or so. I don't know. But anyway, he said, you came in here and you gave lip service. You came in here and you talked about it. And um, and here you are the day after it's expired. And um, there are two kinds of people. The people who talk about doing and the people who do. And I was like, yeah, I hear you, man. I, I hear you. And he's like, no, you don't you don't hear me. And he was like shooting straight with me and kind of, it kind of rattled me a bit, right? He's like, no, you don't hear me. Because if you heard me, you wouldn't be here talking about it. You would have already done it. And um, he said, you know, you had that living social since your birthday, September, for weeks and weeks and you didn't do anything about it. And you came in here and, and you wasted my time and talked about it. And here you are a day later trying to figure out a way to um, get in on the, on, on the business. This is a business, you know, it's it's fun. We have a good time. He's saying all this, but it's also a business. And um, once you figure that out, you can come back, and I'll be your coach. But until then, we'll see you later. As a way to say, please leave. <laughs> oh, I left with my tail between my legs and uh, felt just like an just felt like an idiot, kind of, you know. And on the way home, was just thinking about what he said, 
and he's he's right. He was right about a lot of things. And um, I've for a lot of my life, I get real excited about things. I talk about stuff, and um, action is really the only thing that matters. Uh, so that's what I'm learning. I'm learning that taking action, putting one foot in front of the other, doing what you say is really the only way to grow. It's the only way to to um, mature and develop. And um, you know, there's there's the the words of Jesus in in, in Matthew. You know which son obeyed his father. He's talking about the two guys who uh, had a dad, and and you know one says, "I'm not going to go and work in the vineyard," and later he has a change of heart and he goes and works. Uh, the other one says, "I I will, I will work in the vineyard," but but later doesn't even show up. One says and one does. One talks and one acts. And uh, there's just so much I'm learning about that these days. Um, so I encourage you, you know, with this particular series that we're doing, you can learn, you can listen to this podcast, you can, you can, you can uh, go to training seminars, you can listen to teachings, you can digest a lot of content, um, and that's all good. It's important, you know. I do that. I listen to a lot of different podcasts. I, I read different things. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to take action if you want to see results. You have to do. You have to put one foot in front of the other. Even in our walks with Jesus. He tells us in his word, you know, don't be merely hearers of the word, but also doers of the word. And um, it's just something that we all have to be reminded of, that action is a huge part of anything in life. No one sits around on their hands and sees stuff just magically take place. And now, you know, with regard to all that, just one more thing on this subject. Our source of energy, our our motivation, our vitality in life comes by resting. This is the, the real mystery of, one of the real mysteries of the Christian faith is that we we abide in Christ. He says, um, abide in me. Apart from me, you can't do anything. So there is this obvious part of doing and, and bearing fruit and having um, efficiency and productivity and execution. But you're not going to do that if you're not abiding in Christ. You might get some things done. There are a lot of unsaved people out there who do things who aren't abiding in Christ, obviously. Um but for us as Christians, it's, it's just even more powerful to think like that because um, if we want to do stuff, our source for um, energy to, to do that, excuse me, our source of energy to do that is going to be Christ. So, all right, so I want to just, uh, after having said that, just kind of go back to what we're doing in this current series. Last week, we did uh, what we call the 20-mile march it's a Jim Collins idea. He's he's talking about the uh, two explorers, the Norwegian explorer who completely crushed it on his goals to reach the South Pole, and the other explorer did not. And the main reason for that was daily activity. And so I encourage you to go back and listen to that. That's episode number 39. Um, and um, go ahead and leave your comments over there and, and check that out if you haven't heard that. Um, if you're just now listening to this, don't turn this off. You can still listen to these. These are all kind of they will stand on their own. But these are just four things, four ways that I think every musician, every creative person can can see some massive results in 2014. So number one was the 20-mile march. That's last week. And today we're going to be talking about your tools, upgrading your tools and embracing technology and recording equipment. Specifically, we're going to talk about recording. And um, we'll get into that today. That's today. Upgrade your tools. Next week is connect with your listeners. And then... Um, Part four will be Harness Inspiration, which will be after Christmas. Um, So that's today, Upgrade Your Tools. That's today on the CMB Podcast, session 
number 40. Okay, so upgrade your tools. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to get pretty practical in this. I'm going to actually, it's kind of technical. And so today's notes, christianmusicblog.com slash session 40. Obviously, uh, one episode is not nearly enough to cover the wide variety, wide range of tools that musicians use um, from instruments to recording stuff to software to, I mean, that's just the musical side. There are a myriad of other tools that we use for promotion and marketing and getting the word out on our music, um, the creative process, songwriting. There are so many different tools that we use. Um, And today, specifically, I'm going to be talking about um, recording equipment and how I believe every indie artist in this day and age that we live in should have a basic skill level um, with regard to you know, recording your own music. So I want, first, before we get into some stuff, I want to kind of tell you my story and then we'll, we'll come into maybe what you can take away from this episode today. Um, and, and this will be, you know, for those of you who are already pretty experienced in this regard, if you have some um, experience in this already, then I encourage you to still listen and kind of listen to, to my perspective. And then I would love for you to go over to the podcast episode notes today and leave your comments um, with some tips that you might have so that we can all kind of pitch in and learn from each other. Uh, but first, let me just go over my story of how I became an engineer. Um, so firstly, I didn't know anything about recording for so long. You know, in the, in the 90s, I, I, that was when I first started kind of making music and getting it recorded. But my dad and I, we actually had a band together. And my dad and I, uh, we spent some money on we spent some money. I shouldn't say that. My dad did. You know, I'm, I'm a teenager at the time. Anyway, so, we, but we went and we went to the studio and um, we used their studio. We used their engineer. It was purely artists coming in, not doing anything with regard to engineering. And um, that was how it was for a while. And then I got in a band. I mean, later I started to, to kind of know a few things just from being in the studio environment, like, you know, where you should place a microphone on a guitar, you know, for the best sound, for example. You know, those kinds of things I started to pick up on just from being around it a little bit. But it wasn't until GarageBand came out um, that I really fell in love with the process of recording and making and having control over what you're making and what you're recording. Um, And it wasn't so much engineering for me, but it was the creative process of recording the what you're creating in that moment. Um, And I found a very different approach to um, engineering and recording. Engineering, mixing, audio production, you know, that's a whole subject. And what I learned is that it's just as much a part of the art as the music itself is. And so as an artist, if you can have control over that um, as much as possible, the more control you have over the creative process, the more control you have over how it's going to sound. Um, and in, even in that process, you come up with things and you, you write things and you make new sounds and come up with stuff that you wouldn't have done if you had this you know, pre-production idea where you have to kind of come up with everything first because you're going into a studio and, and you're just going to do what you practiced at home or whatever. And you know when you're in the studio, you, your time is money. You're, you're paying by the hour and you're... Um, having to knock it out and get it done. So you don't really have the time to create new things, you know. 
So having that control to be able to be creative while you're in the studio is so awesome. And so to have that skill yourself is kind of what I, I discovered as, as something very valuable. So that was where, where it started for me, that garage band. It was so simple. It was easy. It wasn't hard at all. I didn't have to do a bunch of stuff. And so I, I first was um, aware of like MIDI sequencing and how that works. And we're not going to get into all these specifics necessarily today, but just I just began this journey of learning how to make my own music, literally, um, right out of the box on a computer and with a microphone and some recording equipment. And from there, it kind of grew. So I ended up um, coming across what's called Reason by by a software company called Propellerhead. And Reason is, um, it was amazing. For me, it just blew it up even more. I mean, it's still um, software that was easy to use and um, and it gave me so much control over the creative process. And so I was able to put that into the, the music that I was recording. And um, Reason had expanded sounds, more options, and different things that, that GarageBand just didn't have. Because GarageBand was free software. I mean, obviously you had to buy a Mac computer, but um, it's free. Uh, Reason actually costs money. So, But from there, it, it even grew some more. I, I took a Pro Tools course from Berkeley Music Online, learned a lot about engineering in that course that was just invaluable information for me and um, have also in that whole process accumulated different hardware tools that I'm going to go into in a moment here but um, and then other software that I've come across Ableton Live is another huge application that I that I use today and so between Reason and Pro Tools and Ableton Live I've been able to just grow as an artist as, as, as a DIY artist as someone who engineers his own music so let me just give you an example of what um, I, I was able to do. This is actually the first EP I did. Now, let me let me back up a little bit. Let me go here. This is actually a GarageBand demo I made way back in 2004 or 2005, I think. And um, it's totally hokey, but something I did. This was all GarageBand sounds. Let me turn that down a little bit. But um, this is, um, yeah, just on my own, right out of the box. I had an interface, I had a um, M-Audio interface that was a USB thing, or maybe it was Tascam, I don't remember now, but I've had a, different, a few different things. And that's actually an SM58 microphone that I used, just right into the um, interface. Anyway, that's that. But, um, and then there's this other one, which is the same. This is GarageBand. That's a GarageBand loop right there. And then here comes a drum thing. GarageBand comes with all kinds of loops and things that you can use um, that are pre-done. And then you can do your own loops as well. Is our increasing joy we live for your glory Your heart we enjoy Let the heavens Anyway, so that was like old school for me. That's like my first little thing. I gave it out for free. I put together a little EP. I think it had like four songs. But uh, back in 2000, actually released it in 2005. But that was my first... GarageBand Mac experience. Okay, so um, 
and then over the years, I, as I've already said, I started to, to grow and, and get better at it. And, um, and you can do the same thing. So I, I, I mentioned a few things there that you may not be familiar with, like interface. Okay, so what's an interface? An interface um, in this particular conversation for recording is essentially a, a sound card. Okay, let me define sound card first. Every computer has a sound card. That's basically the part of the of the motherboard inside your computer that converts digital audio into something you can actually hear. So analog audio. It's a sound card. It, it, it's, it's bringing out the audio from your computer. So if your computer has speakers and you can hear stuff coming off your computer, that computer has a sound card to it. Now an interface usually connects via USB or FireWire. And what that does is it sort of expands your current sound card and then you can plug things into that thing like microphone cables, um, quarter inch cables, like an instrument cable. Um, and you can also put MIDI cables into that. If you have a MIDI keyboard you could use, uh, you know, years ago when interface, when interfaces first started coming out, you, there wasn't really a way for you to c- connect a, a USB. Like a, like I have a, a MIDI controller that's USB that I can plug directly into my computer itself. And that wasn't always the case in, in, in in years past, you know, these MIDI controllers were just purely MIDI. Um, and so you had to do a lot of different work with getting that stuff set up. And, um, anyway, so that's an interface. And, um, and I had a, I think it was a Tascam or an M-Audio or something. And it, it was awesome. It was just easy to use. I plugged it in. The, the computer recognized it. I had to do a few little things and I poked around and, and figured it out, but, um, it just made it very simple. And so, that's my story. Um, there are some hardware tools as well that I've uh, acquired over the years, and I'm going to go into some of that. But for you, I think what you have to do is ask yourself a couple of questions. Number one, what are you doing? What's your music? Are you a singer-songwriter with just an acoustic guitar? Are you uh, one voice and one guitar? If that's your, if that's the case, and, and you don't hear any other types of things going with it, it's a very simple, like a folk kind of genre then that's going to dictate which direction you go in. If you're thinking you want to make these massive productions with all sorts of samples and different sounds and recording other instruments and other band members, then that's going to affect where you go as well. Um, my approach has been I have a um, kind of a, a hybrid approach. Because I play guitar and I sing, I'm going to have real audio needs in terms of microphones and instrument cables so I, I would need something like an interface but also I love incorporating samples and other sounds and recording other people so I've had a hybrid approach where I'm using both software and hardware and that's the case for most people um, I suggest you you do a software and hardware combination and um, you go into the the idea of you know you're gonna if you're a singer songwriter especially you have to have a way of recording your voice obviously so um, that's huge but you can still decide are you gonna primarily go like a hardware route or a software route um, and as I already said that's my approach is as a hybrid um, like for example the way I record this podcast is pr- predominantly believe it or not hardware I do use software after the fact to kind of edit and clean up any mistakes that are huge that I don't want to have on the on the podcast. But um, uh, for the most part, it's all hardware. And and um, I'm not using an interface right now. I'm not using an interface. I'm using the sound card directly on my computer. And actually, the only thing that I'm using my computer for are just the sounds that you hear like, like this in the beginning. Um, oh, let me turn it up. You know, that's the intro music for today. 
Um, I do the, you know, this is the intro bumper thing. Welcome, welcome to, to the, the Christian CMB Music. Podcast. All that stuff. You know, I'm running that from my computer actually, um, but I'm coming off the headphone jack with just a simple RCA cable going into a mixer, and so the mixer um, is is actually a huge value. And and this is what you could do. Let's say you just are an acoustic guy with a voice and you're all you're wanting to do is just tell these great stories as a singer songwriter. And you want to just sit down and record yourself singing that. And you don't want to have to worry about engineering in terms of mixing or doing other samples and, and other things like that. Um, basically run directly into a mixer and then come into a digital recorder. And that's what's recording right now is I have a, I have a Yamaha MG102. That's a, a 10-channel mixer. It's a small thing. You can get it for like 100 bucks. And I have that going into a Zoom H4n. It's a digital recorder with um, a stereo microphone pattern on the front and then two inputs on it as well. So you could do a lot with it. And um, and this way, there's, no, there's not really a computer involved. You don't have to use the computer like I'm doing with these little bumpers and things. That's podcast stuff, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but you know, you have your mic set up, you're going into one mixer and you're coming into a digital recorder. That's, that's one way you can do it. And, um, now at that point, obviously on a digital recorder, you're recording on an SD card, which is, you know, the little cards that, that cameras first started using, um, they're small and they, they, um, record data, right? So that would be at that point, you'd have a digital form of that song. So you're still going to be, when I say, when I say hardware, I'm not, totally talking like tape machines and all that. Now there's a whole thing there that actually I don't know a whole lot about, but um, if you're into that kind of thing and you're wanting to kind of record lo-fi kind of avant-garde artsy indie sort of vintage sounding stuff, then you can go shop for like a a truly analog hardware device um, and record that that way. That's fine, but I'm not going to really get into any of that because that's not, I don't have that experience. Um, so when I say hardware, I'm talking about things that are off your computer. Um, but let's talk about computer for a second. Computer choice is hugely important. You need to have um, the right computer. And so I'm going to say, go get a Mac. And that's going to cost you some money. And by the way, a little parentheses here, all this stuff is going to cost you a little bit of money. And then and then you need to <laughs> decide how you're going to save for that and then, and then finance things. I'm not going to um, get into how... I do that because this is not a personal finance podcast, but um, your computer choice matters. And then after you've done that, you have to decide, you know, what's going to be your main um, DAW of choice. And DAW is an acronym, D-A-W, which stands for Digital Audio Workstation. And um, there are a lot of different options there. But what I would say is if you're just starting out, you have nothing yet, save up for Mac and start with GarageBand the GarageBand app itself is free with your Mac, and um, if you do the the mixer that I've already mentioned, you know you can basically run in and out from your mixer right into the headphone jack of your computer, and um, and then yeah, so you don't have to necessarily even get an interface for that, and you've just spent a hundred bucks for the mixer. So that's one option. You know, um, other digital audio workstations that I would encourage you to start upgrading to would be Reason. Um, for I think off the top of my head it's like 300 bucks that's really not that much money when you're talking about recording software Um, Pro Tools and Logic are kind of always sort of the two that are the most talked about and probably the most 
different. I mean, they're really different from each other. Um, Logic is only available for Macintosh computers. Pro Tools is for both. Pro Tools is one of those um, applications that is used in most studios. So one good thing about having Pro Tools is that if you record in Pro Tools, you'll be able to take those same files if you are going to work in a a studio in town that uses Pro Tools. You can take your stuff and then it'll easily integrate into other contexts where you might record with other people. Um, Ableton Live is a a digital audio workstation of sorts, although it's much more complex than that. It's it's I'm not even going to get into that. Um, but I would say Reason is awesome. Reason is just easy to use. Um, it's got great sounds, and for me, the main stuff of my music is going to be my voice, um, my and then my guitar stuff. Um, so drums and pianos and samples and bass guitars and other other instruments. Um, can be done a hundred different ways. You can record a live drummer. You can record sampled drums. And people balk at sampled drums sometimes, but the reality is is that um, the samples these days that you find for for certain drums, they're hyper samples, uh, meaning they were meticulously sampled and recorded depending on what you're doing, depending on your music. If it's pop, especially a lot of people won't be sitting there saying, are those real drums or fake drums? And if you're doing like an an electro kind of sound, then obviously those are going to be more synthetic anyway. And uh, just to give you another example of of something like that, here's a a song that I did where it's mostly Reason, a little bit of Pro Tools. Um, Let me see here. Yeah, here we go. That's a real electric guitar that that I was recording. That's a Fender Rhodes sample, a real bass, but those drums are actually, it's a drum library that I purchased with really good, really great samples, and actually it's a drummer himself, Jason McGair is his name, he played drums for Death Cab for Cutie, but that's me on a MIDI keyboard playing those drums. Okay, so... Anyway, vocals, obviously, those are real. <laughs> um, but most of this is done right on my computer. Now, a lot of times I do go into a studio in town and, and try to, like when I'm singing especially, I don't really want to be an engineer and a singer at the same time. That's very hard. I did that on one of my EPs that was really really tough. Um, I want to keep moving on here. So your story is going to be unique to you. Um what is your sound? What are you trying to go for? You need to answer that question, number one. Um, number two, save money for a great computer. And and that's really important because how much RAM that computer has, how much memory it has, the, the, the speed of the processor, how much space is on the computer for recording audio, it's going to take up space on your hard drive. That That's a big choice. So you got to really do your due diligence with that decision. Um, digital Audio Workstation, that's DAW, Reason, Pro Tools, Logic. Which way are you going to go? I mean, you can you can rel- you can spend next to nothing on that. Logic is like two hundred bucks right now at the Apple Store. Um, microphones. Okay, this is where we'll get into some of the hardware stuff. I think everybody should own an SM57 and a Rode NTK. That's a tube condenser microphone. Now the SM57 is a hundred bucks, but that you know Lenny Kravitz actually recorded. Um, I don't know if this is the case on all of his albums, albums, but. Um, on like his biggest album a few years ago, um, 
I want to get away. Remember that song? <laughs> That's all SM57. Like his drums, his guitar amps, his vocals. Uh, SM57 is just a really rugged, dynamic microphone that can take a lot of volume. And so um, if you have a really soft voice, you have to really get it cranked up to get it. But um, it's just great on vocals. That's 100 bucks, And you should have an SM57. You can put that on a guitar amp. You can put that on drums, um, percussion, and vocals. A Rode NTK, I mentioned that. That's that's a condenser mic that's that's a little bit more money. Uh, I think at Amazon it's around 500 bucks. But um, that's a great microphone for just kind of anything, especially vocals. And you want to, if you're going to be doing a lot of vocal stuff, then I would suggest you get a, you, you invest in a good microphone. This is around 500 bucks, but you'll have it for a long time. You'll use it a lot. Um, and again, um, 500 bucks is not that much money in the grand scheme of things when it comes to microphones. Uh, a Neumann mic, which is a really popular microphone that a lot of professionals use, um, I think for a few hundred bucks more, like around 700 bucks, you can get like the bottom end Neumann. But, you know, don't be surprised if you go search for Neumann and you see prices over over five grand easy, easy. So when you talk about 500 bucks for mic, it's really not that much. Okay, so after that, I mean, I would say just get those two mics. Um, again, the mixer that I mentioned already, the one that I use that's, that's recording this right now, it's an MG102 Yamaha 10-channel mixer for about $100. Um, and then the Zoom H4n, which I think is a little bit more um, around like maybe 200 bucks. I'm not sure what it is right now. But um, if you have all of that and you're starting to, you're, you're going to put it all together, you're going to have some great tools to make some great music because um, the reality is, especially with the world of software, and this is one thing I, I always like to tell people, um, when you're doing just pure audio recording, you have you have some microphones um, you have your hardware stuff that we've already mentioned, where you're recording, the room that you're in, the environment that you're that you're in when you're recording, that really matters and that plays into how it's going to sound. Like where you put your mic, how you're talking into the mic, or uh, talking, singing in that case. Like right now I'm backed up, okay, so you can kind of hear me, but, um, you know, mic proximity really matters, obviously. Um, and so people take for granted sometimes if you get all this nice equipment for recording and then you go set up in your garage and you don't really know where to put the mic on your guitar. Um, you might have this bad connection with um, a cable somewhere. I mean, there's all kinds of things that people take for granted on all that. Oh, hey. Well, hello. Miles has just walked in. <laughs> so that's another example of audio and how... Uh, I'm back now. Okay, that was that was awesome. So that was a, an actual real life example of what I'm talking about uh, when it comes to audio. Yeah, you, you have a lot of things that you have to really make sure you're in control of um, when it comes to to recording audio. Um, okay, where was I? A different kind of episode today, huh? Real life behind the scenes a little bit here. Okay, um, yeah. So those are those are some hardware things that I would suggest you you purchase. Um, but really when you, when you add all that up, we're talking about a computer that is really up to you. Are you going to go PC or Mac? If you go PC, you can get reason still and have, have the, um, the mixer and the microphones and you've, you've spent, uh, not counting the computer. You've spent three, four, um, nine, um, 10. Yeah. Just about a thousand dollars. And then you can get some deals too. 
I mean, you don't have to get those either. I mean, there are some mics that are USB that go directly into your computer. So um, for under a thousand bucks, you can get something going right away. And um, and as soon as you do that, you're going to start learning things right away. And then you'll it'll be a journey, as, as I mentioned to you, my story. I mean, I'm still, I would consider myself intermediate. Um, I've kind of moved on from beginner maybe a bit, but um, I'm definitely not a professional engineer. Um, but what what is so great about this is that it's going to totally improve how you write because you'll have an opportunity to sit down and oh yeah get a good pair of headphones I didn't mention that but you'll you'll be in your element in your environment um, and you can be creative and um, with technology you have that ability the right tools really do help improve your skill level um, I remember when I got a um, my guitar I. I finally upgraded from a, an old Takamini acoustic to a, a um, Tom Anderson Crowdster, which is kind of a hybrid electric acoustic. And it, it feels so good to play. I mean, it just improved my playing. I mean, it was a huge difference because the instrument itself was so much better. And I think the same is true with um, technology and stuff. Um, so one last thing on this before we wrap this up, um, education. This is kind of once I started to get into it, I realized I need to educate myself more because I really don't know that much. So um, that's why I took the Berkeley course. And um, in the in the in the show notes for today, I'm going to include a link to a PDF document that you can get for free um, from Disc Makers. They have a a great um, PDF called the Home Studio, basically the Home Studio series, I think is what it's called. But um, and it goes over all kinds of stuff from getting started, basic tips to choosing the right monitors, preamps, um, headphones, the how-to part as far as recording, you know, how to mic a guitar, how to get the best out of your electric guitar amp, um, the mixing process. I mean, mixing is huge. That was one of the main things I, I loved too about GarageBand and getting started and all this is that I could control the mix. I remember I mentioned to you earlier that I had done some recording before I started to learn how to do it myself. I, I, we, we had spent some money and we did this stuff, but we'd hire other people to mix it. And I remember always at the end of it being like, I'm not as happy with the mix as I could be. Like, I wish I could have done this or that or turn this up or turn this down, you know, or EQ this instrument a little bit. I mean, we did have the opportunity to sit next to them while they were mixing a lot of times and just kind of give our two cents. But still, there's nothing like having it, um, and your skill set and, and you having control. So they have some great resources. And there's so much more than just this particular resource. In fact, I'm going to be doing a recording, Home Recording 101 video tutorial series this coming year. I put that on the on the website. If you go to christianmusicblog.com slash um, resources page, um, you'll see some different resources there. And um, DIY recording tutorials are coming soon. So just how I've done it using Reason and and some other stuff. So it's just amazing. You know, studios all over the place have really had to rethink how they do their business. I still believe in the stu- uh, recording studio businesses. I think that that's important to have. And, and I do a hybrid approach, like I already said, where I do a lot of it on my own, but then I do go to studios as well. But um, there is so much that artists can do just from a laptop computer. So I would suggest that in 2014, you set a goal if you need to start saving your money for this stuff and you don't have to get everything at once, maybe it's just that computer, maybe it's just getting a Mac, start saving your money. And you don't have to get the best Mac. You can get a MacBook Air for, for relatively cheap. 
<laughs> relatively cheap. Uh, you don't have to have a MacBook Pro. You can actually go even, there are some a- great Apple, used Apple stores like MacStore.com. I'm checking that for you right now. Yeah, themacstore.com. MacStore.com will take you there too. You can actually find some great deals on used Macs um, from old Mac Pros, to old Mac uh, MacBook Pros, and um, Mac Minis. That's a great computer. A Mac Mini you can get for 700 bucks. You don't have to get a laptop. Um, I love Apple. I'd suggest Apple because they're, they were built with creative people in mind. So, um, anyway, yeah, educate yourself, grow, upgrade your tools. And uh, I guarantee you, you'll, you'll, you'll fall in love with the creative process even more. And, uh, you'll be able to put out more music. Actually, the money you'll save in the long run with being able to, con- to, to do it yourself. If you're selling music and, and putting it out frequently, Um, It more than pays for itself. So, okay, well, that's it for this episode. Here's, uh, here you go. You know how I launched these little clips now. That's it for today. So thank you for checking out the podcast. Really glad you've joined us um, as we wrap up the year going through this series. Last week, we talked about the 20-mile march. This week, we talked about upgrading your tools, becoming an engineer. Next week, we'll be talking about connecting with your listeners how you can use the internet to really connect with people and build an audience. It's something I'm currently learning a lot about, and I'm going to talk a little bit about CMB and how I've learned a lot about this subject, internet marketing and how to promote and all that stuff from, a, from I believe, a Christian perspective. There's a, there's a right way to do it. And um, yeah, I've learned a lot about that this year with CMB, and I'm going to pull back the curtain and talk to you a little bit about what I've learned and what I've made mistakes in and how you can start to do that for your music. And then lastly, we'll be wrapping it up with Harness Inspiration, Decoding the Mystery of Creativity. So head over to christianmusicblog.com slash gift, sign up, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the CMB Podcast. For more valuable content, including helpful articles and video, visit christianmusicblog.com.